This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. If we were to review your life's record today, what would it reveal? Well, if you're like me, there are things that I'm proud of, but there are also things in my life that I regret, things that I'm ashamed to reveal. That is why I'm so grateful for God's mercy and grace. But what about the life record of Christ? Well, as we complete this series on the uniqueness of Christ, Mark Ray is going to help us uh, take us through Christ's unique record. Mark is Vice President of Community Development here at Grace and the Executive Director of the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark holds a Master of Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary, a Master of Divinity and a Doctorate of Ministry from Grace School of Theology. He has served churches as an associate pastor and as a lead pastor and has served as COO of a major evangelistic ministry. Mark, welcome back to our last program in this series. <laughs> it's been fun. Oh, I it appreciate has the been. opportunity. I'm, I hate to see it come to an end, but uh, today is a, a very, very good program to finish our series up. You know, maybe we should have done this in the first program, but we've been focusing on the uniqueness of Christ, and it might be a good thing to define the word unique. Help us with that. Sure. I'm going to take you to um, to just a standard dictionary. Yeah. There are six different applications of the word unique. First one, unique is existing as the only one or as the sole example, a single, solitary, or type, like a unique copy of a manuscript, okay. the only one of its kind. Uh-huh. Number two, having no like or equal, unparalleled. For instance, Bach was unique in his handling of counterpoint. So the musician Bach, no one else did it like him. Number three, he, uh, unique can mean limited in occurrence as to a given class, a situation, or area. This is a species that's unique to this part of the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fourth, limited to a single outcome or a result without alternative possibility. Certain types of problems have unique solutions. Mm -hmm. Only way that that can work. Right. The fifth definition, not typical, unusual. She has a very unique smile. Very different. Or sixth, the embodiment of unique characteristics, the only specimen of a given kind. The unique is also the improbable. Very different. Yeah. So in looking at unique, and I hope we'll do this, we'll maybe at the end of this episode yes. come back and look at the way Christ fulfills each of those definitions in the stuff oh, that yes. we've studied in these last five series. Oh, I love that. Let's do that for sure. Well, you know, with the definition of unique in mind, let me remind our audience that over the past several weeks, we have looked at Christ's unique reality, his unique relationship, his unique request his unique role, and today, Christ's unique record. You know, Mark, as we look at some significant events that embody Christ's unique record on earth, let's start with him unveiling his true person. You say that would be his transfiguration. 
Well, let me put it this way. Name any other time or place in any character that you know, real character, mm-hmm. who's had a transfiguration ah. like Christ did. There, there are none. There are none. It was a unique are. event. But what yeah. he revealed in yeah. his transfiguration is the uniqueness of who he actually is. Mm-hmm. The word transfiguration, Greek word, we get the word metamorphosis from. Yes. And it literally means what's on the inside now comes on the outside. Mm-hmm. So who you are internally, who you truly are, now comes to the forefront. So let me walk you through the passage real quick, Mm because there's a couple of Mm -hmm. really fun things to notice about this. Transfiguration is seen in Mark, in Luke, and in Matthew. After six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, the three that see him, saw him raise Jairus' daughter, the three that saw him go into the garden. Those three, very specific three, kind of his three inner circle of his disciples, they go up. He leads them up on a high mountain by themselves. And when they get up on top of the high mountain, he's transfigured before them. I used to say he gets bleached. He becomes as white, (laughs) Uh as white, as white as can be. Mm -hmm. His Mm -hmm. face shines like the sun. His clothes become white as Mm -hmm. light. And then Moses and Elijah appear to him. You ever wonder how we know it's Moses and Elijah? Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) It's a whole other subject. That's right. But they appear to him and they begin to talk Uh to him. Uh Peter has a conversation with them. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Peter with his... Puts his foot in his mouth. Lord, it's, it's really good that, that we're here. Wait, <laughs> not that you three are here. It's really good that we're here. Um, let us set up a place for you to rest. Tabernacles, one for you, Moses mm-hmm. and Elijah. He really is not quite yet understanding the significance mm-hmm. of Christ in this. Mm-hmm. While he's still speaking, a bright cloud overshadows them. And a, and a voice comes out and says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Sounds very familiar to the baptism. So the beginning of Christ's ministry, this is now the beginning of the end of Christ's ministry. But God says one more thing. He says, hear him. Listen to him. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he's going to say. I always think he's just wanting to tell Peter, shut up. (laughs) Well, could be. Could very well be. So the disciples hear it. They fall on their faces. They're greatly afraid. Jesus comes up and touches them and says, arise, do not be afraid. Mm. And listen to how this is described. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Where should we be looking? Mm. Christ lifts up our face so that we can see him and him only. Mm. And here they get a chance to see the true Christ, exactly who he is. They came down from the mountain. Jesus commanded them, tell the vision to no one Mm. until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. What did God just tell them to do? Listen to me. And what he just said was, don't talk to anybody about this Mm -hmm. until I have risen from the dead. He's going to rise from the dead. Disciples didn't hear him. Mm-hmm. They didn't listen to him. No. But even within this, what I love about this is the true reality of Christ in all of his glory comes to the forefront. Mm-hmm. He is pure light. He is all goodness. He is dressed in white. He is holy. Mm-hmm. All of those words that are used to describe God are now in manifest in Christ up on this the Mount of Transfiguration, up on this mountain. Yes. And not only that, but when it's all said and done... He wants the focus to be directly on him, and he lifts our face to see him and him only. It's Mm. the beauty of the transfiguration. We get to see him in all of his glory, but we still get to see him the way we can relate to him. Yes, yes. So I I love the fact that Uh. that this, this instance that's recorded in three of the Gospels, this instance is one in which Christ lets 
them know and lets us know who he truly is. Don't forget, I'm the one who is the transfigured one. Yes, yes. Wow. Wow, what a blessing for them <laughs> to, to experience that. Like My you say, goodness. Uh, well, and if you talk about Peter, go to Second yeah, Peter, and you're going to yeah. see this was the turning point oh, for Peter. I yeah. witnessed this, and he says it in Second Peter. This, is, this was the turning point for me, that mm-hmm. I got a chance to see Christ in all his glory. It's all his glory. Yep. Mm. Wow. Well, there are several examples of Christ unveiling his true purpose. We talked about him unveiling his true person, but his true purpose, his role as savior of the world. So share with our listeners a few of those examples. Well, this is going to this might be a a, um, a program where we talk about lists uh-huh. because there are lots of lists lots of in who lists. Jesus is. First of all, just some lists of his true purpose. Now, you may remember in a previous program, we talked about him quoting Isaiah 63, and he said, that's me. Mm-hmm. This is what I've come to do, and that's me. Yeah. Well, so in Matthew 1, he's going to save people from their sins. Said he was going to do it. It's one, one part of his record. Yeah. Matthew 18, he's going to save that which was lost, mm-hmm. you and me. That's right. Matthew 20, 28, he's going to serve and give, to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Mm. Now, these are Jesus' words talking about himself. At his birth, Luke 2, for, for he was born this day in the city of David, a Savior. He's come to be a Savior. With Zacchaeus in Luke 19, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Another purpose. With John the Baptist, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Mm. So, again, Jesus quoting his purpose time and time again. But that the world through him might be saved in John 3. With the Samaritans, he is the Savior of the world. In John 6, this, uh, and, this will, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I'll raise him up on the last day. Another purpose, to bring us everlasting mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. John 11 Um, He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I am the resurrection and the life. We get he's not come to judge, but to save in John 12. These purposes just go on and on and on in Jesus own words. And finally, in John 14, no one comes to the father except through me. I'm the way, the truth and the life. So the beauty of what Christ did, it's not just in what he said. His record also shows this is what he actually did. So I said he's going to do it. And he went out and did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I was going to make a political statement, but I'm going to leave that one out of here. Wouldn't it be nice if our politicians followed oh, that yeah. same thing? They said, this yeah. is what I'm going to do, and they actually went and did it. And actually do it. But yeah. that's not just limited to politicians. No. That's to anybody. Yeah. If we say what we're going to say, we better go out and do it. And better Christ it. backed up everything of what he said about who he is. Which said so much about his character. Yes. I mean, no just, question. Yeah. No question. Beautiful. Wow. Well, and most important to our salvation is when Christ unveiled his true power over death. I mean, incredible. His resurrection. Without the resurrection, we're still lost in our sin. Absolutely. So critical to that event are the many witnesses. Let's talk about some of those. Well, again, here's another laundry list. list. Yeah. Um, Okay. In Matthew 28, we get the angels telling the women about it. 
who have witnessed it. Yeah. We get the disciples in Matthew 28, the disciples in Mark 16, the disciples on the, the two on the road to Emmaus, to the 11 in Mark 16, the angels announced it in Luke 24. We get to disciples, mm-hmm. to Mary, to Thomas, to, uh, to Luke and Acts at the Ascension, yeah. multiple times, multiple places, we get this eyewitness of the resurrection. But perhaps the most important one comes in 1 Corinthians 15. And here's what we see. He was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. And notice this is he was seen, mm-hmm. resurrected, eyewitness account, the most credible account in a courtroom, eyewitness account. He's seen by Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Then he was seen by James, then by the apostles, and last of all, by Paul. Now, when you think about that laundry list of people who actually physically saw him, mm-hmm. they didn't hallucinate. No. They didn't think of something different. They all saw him, mm-hmm. and they saw him, and the greater part remain to the present. This is eyewitness account that could be attested by the eyewitnesses that were still alive at the time in which Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. They could have easily have said, you're lying to us, Paul. Right, right. We didn't see him. That wasn't him. He mm-hmm. wasn't resurrected. He was still in the tomb. Mm. We get no account of that at all. None at all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and, you know, it's when we are sharing the gospel with others, it's so important that we include the witnesses of his resurrection uh, because they it to me, it's, it's just a, a confirmation of all that we believe, because if he weren't raised from the dead, then we would have no hope. So, so it's a, such an important. Well, and even to that extent, guess what? As believers, we are witnesses to his resurrection oh, because yes. he indwells us. Yes. So am I, you know, we're back to, again, those convicting uh, statements. Am I reflecting the resurrected mm-hmm. Christ in me? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I showing Christ to somebody else so that they can see my witness that Christ is alive in me? Yes, yes. And the change yeah. that yes. he's made in my life. Yes. Absolutely. Well, and still yet to come is the return of Christ when he will unveil his true promise. Uh, When we see, Mark, all that is going on in this world today, We see good called evil, evil called good, when death and sickness and pain and suffering are all around us. We all long to see Christ return. Share some of the promises that Christ made about that for certain event that will take place to hopefully encourage some hearts today. Well, first of all, and, and above all else is the promise that he has said, I'm coming back. I will return. And, and if he came the first time and that was prophesied and we see that as true, we have every reason to hope in. And I mean that hope with certainty that he will return. Yes. But he will come and he'll reward in Matthew 16. He'll come on the clouds of heaven in Matthew 24. Isn't that an interesting one? Because he quotes Daniel, and he actually quotes Daniel while he's on trial. Hmm. He was actually going to be freed. But on his own testimony of that prophetic statement out of Daniel, he he actually gives them the reason for blasphemy in their eyes that he quotes that he is... He's God. Yeah. And he's coming back. Yeah. Um, He's going to come in an hour we don't expect, which means be vigilant, be Mm -hmm. alert. Mm -hmm. He could come at any time. Mm -hmm. That's actually a great encouragement that he could come at any Ah. time. Yes, it is. Um, He's going to come in glory in all of his splendor. We talked about the transfiguration. He's going to come in that kind of glory. 
He's going to come to become our high priest. Um, I love out of John 14, he says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. You believe in the Father, believe also in me, and I'm coming back. But then he makes this one little statement there. And if it weren't so, I would have told you. In other words, I'm not telling you an untruth. I'm telling you the absolute truth that Mm -hmm. you can bank on that I will return to come for you. I will return. Uh, many rooms in the Father's house. He's he's going to return. He's going to come again in Revelation with reward. Yes. Something for us to be looking forward to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's going to come quickly. That word quickly, interestingly, in the Greek is not, uh, don't expect, well, it, it's stated this way. When he comes, it will be quick. Mm. It will be fast. It mm-hmm, will not be mm-hmm. a long, drawn-out process. It's going to happen. And when it happens, it's going to happen Immediate. Quickly. Immediate. Yes. Yeah. So when he says, surely I'm coming, we can trust in the fact that he's coming, and he's coming because he's promised it, mm-hmm. and we can trust in his promise. Yes, yes, and all we have to do is just look back and see all the promises <laughs> he's already fulfilled, and, and then in our own lives, yes, we can we can count on that, and that is so encouraging. Come, Lord Jesus. Well. In light of Christ's soon return, again, here's the conviction part, right? <laughs> <laughs> do we have to do that? Yes. How, how are we to live now in preparation? Yes. I mean, the king is coming back, and he is coming on that white horse. He will be the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Yes. Uh, how are we to live in preparation? Well, let me go back to what we stated in an earlier program. Are we living like we believe in the Messiah? Are we living like he could return at any moment? If we believe, as the scriptures tell us, he will return. Yes. And it's an imminent return. And only the Father knows when it's going to be. Could he return this afternoon? Absolutely. Could he return tomorrow morning? Could he return in a week? Could he return in a month? If he could, then I am to live my life eagerly awaiting that return Mm -hmm. and prepared for that return. So what am I doing to live following Christ? What am I doing to live like one who believes in the Messiah? Yeah. That's that's the call to us to live as believers in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, mm-hmm. to live that life. Yes. And that he would find us faithful as stewards of the things that he has given us. Yes. That there wouldn't be anything that we had wasted, right? Well, and Scripture tells us when he comes back, he's going to be looking for those of faith. Yeah. So live by faith yes 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 Mm. wow yeah thanks mark (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if we could let's return to that definition of unique and and you'd mentioned that uh, you can help us see how jesus is unique even by that definition so if you remember when we started this thing i gave you six different definitions for the word unique yes but now i want to show you how christ fulfills uniquely each of those unique definitions. <laughs> That'll be yeah, fun. We got enough, fun. enough unique words in there. Yeah. So the first one was this, existing is the only one or the sole example, single, solitary, and type and characteristics. We can say this, Jesus is unique in that he is the only one who ever claimed to be pre-existent, to be God and the Messiah. He's the only one to ever claim that. That's unique. That is unique. No one's ever claimed to be pre-existent except him. And no one's ever claimed to be God and man at the same time. He is unique in those in those exclamations. Having no equal, unparalleled, or incomparable. 
Jesus is unique in what he said and did from his birth to his miracles, to his transfiguration, to his resurrection, and to his ascension. No one has ever done that. Mm. All of that contained, he is unparalleled in his actions on this earth. No one has ever done what he has done, Mm. including death, resurrection, and ascension. No one's ever done it. He's unique. Third, limited in occurrence. Jesus is unique to this earth and to the human race. There's never been a human like him because he is the God-man. There's never been anyone who's come to earth as he has, Mm -hmm. virgin birth. Mm -hmm. All of that unique Mm. to who he is in his occurrence of how he's gotten here. So he is unique across the board, limited to a single outcome or result without alternative possibility. He is unique in that he is the only answer to sin. Mm -hmm. There is no one else who says... I came to save you from your sins. No one else. He is unique in that single outcome that through him, his sacrifice on the cross, Mm -hmm. we have forgiveness of sins. Mm. Number five, not typical. He's unusual. This one's an interesting one. Jesus is unique in how he loved people. Mm. Name anybody on their deathbed that said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's right. He was unique atypical in that he loved us. The only person to ever love creation, me, without limits. No limits on his love for me. No one else can claim that. And finally, the embodiment of unique characteristics, the only specimen of a given kind. Jesus is unique in that he's the only one ever to be God and man together in one, to manifest the Father on earth, to be perfect, and to be the only Son of God. There is no one in those six definitions of unique, and we could go even to more uniqueness of Christ. We have for five sessions. But he is the only one who is unique by definition across the board. Yes. So we can say over the course of this series, he's unique in his reality. No one has ever existed like him outside of space and time, in space and time. No one's ever existed that way. He's unique, unique in his relationship with God. No one had the intimate relationship with the Father. Mm -hmm. No one did. Mm -hmm. He's unique in his request. Do this in remembrance of me, my broken body, my shed blood. He's unique in that. He's unique in his role as the Messiah. He's the only one who ever claimed Messiahship Mm -hmm. and backed it up. Yes. Fulfilled all the prophetic statements about that. And he has a unique record. Mm -hmm. No one else has his record. He is unique. He stands alone. Um, But the interesting thing about the uniqueness is this. He also is unique in that we can have an intimate relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine years ago used to say he's omniscient, he's omnipotent. um, Omnipresent. He's omnipresent. Excuse Mm -hmm. me, I just lost my omnis there. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) a little little senior moment. (laughs) But he's also omnipersonal. Mm. He's the only one who can be personal with every one of us at the yes. same time through his spirit. So there's no one who has existed like him. Mm. And mm. there's just there's great comfort in he mm. is the one that did that for me. Mm. Great comfort. And, and I just think about that dictionary. Really, all they have to do is just put unique Jesus. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's it. Great definition. Thanks for that. I love that. Sure. That was that was that was fun and, and so insightful. Um, so the final question is, what are we going to do with what we know? 
Now, what can our audience gain, Mark, if they say, you know, after, after just learning all of these things about the uniqueness of Christ, I am ready to grow in my knowledge and love for Jesus. Could you take a moment actually to talk about what we offer here at, at uh, the Grace Center for Spiritual Development? So let me give a shameless plug. That's okay, please do. <laughs> shameless plug, Grace Center for Spiritual Development. We are an extension of Grace School of Theology. Grace School of Theology is, one, is, is the best school in my opinion. I have two degrees here. It's the best school in my opinion in the world to getting a degreed, uh, an accredited degree, master's degree, doctoral degree, bachelor's degree. It's best in the world at that on the theological scale. What we've done at Grace Center is we've also said for those people that don't want a degree, don't need a degree, don't have time for a degree, don't want to pay for a degree, even though we're the least expensive degree out there. Yes, yes. But for those people who are saying, I just want to learn, and you put it in great perspective, I've now had these five podcasts, I'm ready to learn more. Mm-hmm. What Grace Center did is we developed nine different ways to receive content. And we've packed that content at all levels. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to do a simple devotional study, yeah. We've got 107 devotional studies. Mm-hmm. They're all up on version, but we also have them offered on the Grace app. You can get any of those devotional studies at that level. Mm-hmm. We've got study guides. Bible, we have 19 study guides today. We've got Bible studies on mu- multiple mm-hmm. books of the Bible, multiple topics. Yes. You can study along with us, but the purpose of studying with us is so that you can go teach it to somebody else. We've got Saving Grace podcast. We've got, I think we're up to almost 200 of these episodes. We've mm-hmm. got multiple um, multiple conferences that we've done, multiple seminars, webinars. There's a multitude of ways that we deliver content, but probably the most significant is about two years ago, we launched what's called Grace On Demand. Mm-hmm. Grace On Demand is our online, on-demand learning platform. So you can learn at your pace, the way you want to learn at your speed, inexpensively. And we're getting ready to offer, in fact, it's the offer by the time this podcast comes out will be in place. You can individually, you can purchase a subscription for all Grace On Demand content for $99. Mm, that's, that's amazing. Currently, that's 20 courses. Mm-hmm. It's 150 hours of learning. Bible exposition, systematic theology, but we also get into a lot of topical things. Most of the studies that we do are there. Um, we've got some wonderful topics, how the Bible got into the English language, mm-hmm. just some great history things. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this is we want to see you grow spiritually, take the next step spiritually, and we're offering at mm-hmm. multiple levels multiple content from multiple levels of learning content that you can participate in and be part of. And for that $99 fee, that's a year's subscription. You have access to all of it. To all of it. Everything that we've Mm -hmm. got that's, that's in play. So that's that's a great opportunity. Uh, and like you say, the fact that it's available at your convenience yes. makes it nice. It works for everyone, right? It sure no does. Excuses. Yes, it does. Thank you, Mark. Thank My you pleasure. so much. Thank you for Well, this me. has been an excellent series. I know our audience has been blessed as I've been. Well, after hearing about Christ's record, I do hope that you, our listeners, will join me in knowing that we can be confident in who Christ is, His purpose, His power, His promises to us. We pray that you have grasped the uniqueness of Christ as a result of this. And as 
Mark has outlined. If you want to dig deeper, go to grace, uh, gsot.edu forward slash center to learn all the uh, different ways that you can just dig deeper into learning more about Jesus. We hope you'll check us out. Check out our Grace app and uh, our Grace on Demand. We want to thank you for joining us throughout this series. Hope you'll join us again. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.